Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here. Today, we'll be breaking down Falcons hiring Raheem Morris, then two championship games, Chiefs-Ravens, Lions-Niners. Have a ton of breakdown for that game. Uh, not only who I think is going to win, but who I think the top players are for that game, uh, what the X-Factors are. Uh, great day coming up Sunday for the NFL. Again, if you've, you know, are liking, subscribing uh, to the Unbothered Podcast, thank you. If not, uh, please do so. Leave a review. So let's get into this. Let's start with Falcons hiring their coach. So look at that. You know, did a segment yesterday about some coaches, and then the coaches are flying off a of board. So I thought the Falcons, good fit for them, would have been uh, Slowick from the Texans just because an offensive guy. You draft a quarterback, that's kind of your biggest need. But they hire Raheem Morris. So first, initially, these are my thoughts. Again, I think he's a good defensive coordinator. um, And I think he can build a culture there in Atlanta, which is big. However, they got so much offensive talent. To me, it's you put an offensive mind there, draft that quarterback, and things look up for you. They look really good. Uh, that's kind of what I've, I was alluding to yesterday. You get an offensive-minded coach. You draft a quarterback at eight with the weapons you have in Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. Good team alert. Could win the NFC South next year. But now they hire a defensive guy, uh, which means this is going to be a long-term thing. Don't think he's going to end up like D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, why? Because they need a quarterback unless they do something like um, Houston did last year and draft, you know, trade their pick for next year and draft a quarterback and use another pick for a defensive guy. Uh, so now with Raheem Morrison, I think they are going to draft a defensive guy uh, such as a Dallas Turner, Ed Rusher from Alabama, Jared Verse from Florida State, someone like that, good defensive player. Um you know, that is Raheem Morris's guy to build around on the defense since they don't have a lot of stalwarts on there. Um, but I do think, again, you know, I'm, I don't love the hire from an offensive standpoint. I think defensively, uh, he'll be able to clean it up. I also think he'll build a culture as well. Coming from the Sean McVay tree, Sean McVay was able to uh, build a strong culture there with the Rams. Raheem Morris has been there a while, won the Super Bowl. A few years back as the defensive coordinator, was the coordinator after Brandon Staley. Um, and he's a well-respected locker room guy as well. So again, I think he'll be able to build a strong culture, get the defense right. So it's just going to be about the offense. And the my and the Rams were really vouching for Raheem Morris. He said, as I think was reported by Adam Schefter, uh, the team was high. Players were high on him getting a job they felt like it was his time. Uh, he was due for this job. So, again, congratulations to Raheem Morris. Good for him. Uh, again, offensive coordinator will be a big thing now. Um, the favorite is the Rams quarterback coach and pass game coordinator, Zach Robinson. I do think that would be a good fit. The continuity there from the Rams, again, that would hurt Sean McVay. Bolster up the Falcons. So we'll see it. Uh, right now. Don't love the hire. I think uh, it makes sense. So in terms of a culture standpoint, so we'll see uh, where this thing ends up uh, next year with this new team. 
So I wanted to touch on that before I get to the championship games. First game I want to talk about, first championship game, is Chiefs versus Ravens. And before I get into the factors for this game, I want to list who I believe are the top 10 players in this matchup. This is something I do for Super Bowls, and I did it for the National Championship game. Big games um, in the playoffs, especially. I don't really do this for regular season games. Playoff games, I do uh, top 10 player rankings, which kind of helps me be like, hey, uh, look at this, you know, if there's an overwhelming favorite for a team, it's, you know, I'm going with them. When it was, you know, Michigan-Washington, I believe I had three players from Washington uh, in there, maybe four. Uh, but overwhelmingly, favorite was Michigan and it happened. So, Chiefs-Ravens, I'm going to give you my top ten players. And, you know, this is this is based on lifetime, but there's a heavy uh, vote on... What happened this year in this run up to where you're at now? Uh, usually I start from 10 to 1, but with the players list, I do do 1 to 10. So let's go with number 1, Patrick Mahomes. Best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, again, he's here even though having a down year in Lamar Jackson better statistically than him as a total quarterback this year. Playoffs, he's been phenomenal against the Dolphins. Last week against the Bills, I think, was his best game of the season. You look at his playoff stats um, so far, only three playoff losses. Two of those were to Brady, one to Joe Burrow. I believe he's 13-3 overall. Uh, The guy is just clutch. Best quarterback. Not much can be said right now about Patrick Mahomes. He deserves to be at one. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Favorite to win MVP this year. And as my brother made the compelling argument for Lamar Jackson that if, you know, he will win MVP, he beats Mahomes, and then he goes on to win Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. The only thing he has less than Patrick Mahomes is one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl MVP. They'd have the same amount of MVPs. They won the Super Bowl, and guess what? Lamar Jackson beat Patrick Mahomes head-to-head on this run, and Mahomes never did beat Patrick Mahomes. Or, my bad, Mahomes never beat Mahomes. Mahomes never beat Jackson on the stage going there. Uh, So I do think that is a big deal. Uh, Again, that would hurt me, of course, because I do love Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, but I would have to put Lamar there in number two. And again, he's just been sensational this year. Number three, Travis Kelsey. Is he as good as last year? No, or years prior, but he's still a problem. Uh, you got to cover him. Obviously, the Bills didn't know how to because a couple plays... They left him wide open, and you can't leave Travis Kelsey wide open, even though he has shown signs of wear and tear. To me, he's still one of the best tight ends in football. He is absolutely phenomenal. Four, Chris Jones. Uh, I think best defensive player in this matchup. Uh, Made one of the biggest impact plays last week that's not talked about enough. And, you know, Allen going to Shakir. Everybody wants to talk about the Allen throw, but it was Chris Jones' pressure on Deion Dawkins to disrupt the timing and rhythm of that throw, and he's been the highest-rated defensive player in the playoffs. So he's phenomenal, a great regular season, 11-plus sacks. Uh, he'll have a tough matchup against a great Ravens offensive line, uh, but he's one of their most important players. Number five, might shock some people, Mark Andrews. 
Mark Andrews is officially activated and is coming back this weekend, which I think is huge for the Baltimore Ravens to get Mark Andrews back this weekend, who I think is a top four, easily a top four tight end in the league. Debatable where you put him in the top four, but he's got to be in the top four. Uh, big security blanket for Lamar Jackson on third downs, on scripted drives, you know, first 15 plays of a game. Mark Andrews coming back is big for this offense. Six, I think one of the best safeties in the NFL. Um, Kyle Hamilton for the Ravens. Great draft pick last year. You know, I was a team that was, you know, thought they drafted two great players in Linderbaum and Kyle Hamilton. A lot of people said, uh, don't know if I like the center safety combo, but guess what? Kyle Hamilton is really good, can play against a run, can play in coverage, make big, big hits, zone man. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is a real deal. Another defender, Roquan Smith, linebacker for the Ravens. If you remember last year with the Ravens, Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator, one of the worst defenses through six, seven weeks. You know, Tua and the Dolphins torched them. They were getting eaten alive back there. Um, not good. And then they trade for Roquan Smith and immediately become the best defense and the best defense this year through the playoffs. Uh, large part of that is Roquan Smith having that guy in the middle that can disrupt the timing of plays, can come on the blitz, can stay in coverage in the zone, uh, makes it tough for the quarterback. He can read the quarterback's eyes. Roquan Smith is great at that. I have him there at seven. Number eight. Trent McDuffie of the Chiefs, their best corner, I believe, and I think he's their most important corner this week, especially in the slot where a lot of the action comes from, whether it's Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers. Uh, he's going to have a tall task ahead of him, uh, and he's going to have to be able to cover whoever is in the slot because Lamar likes to go to those receivers there. Number nine, Rasheed Rice. I've got him at nine. Uh he is there, you know, to me, out of Travis Kelsey, the top weapon for Mahomes, only reliable weapon outside of Kelsey has really come on the latter half of the season. In the playoffs as well is that dependable target for the Chiefs. You know, a lot of people made fun of him, even myself. He's a wide receiver three. I think he's clearly a wide receiver two on the verge of wide receiver one territory. Rasheed Rice is a real deal. Then 10, Isaiah Pacheco. I got him at 10, the running back uh, for the Chiefs. Big, big uh, game expecting for him. They're going to need to be balanced offensively. They can't just rely on Patrick Mahomes and allow this great pass rush and the Ravens to get after him and allow them to drop back. Make things difficult for Mahomes. They're going to have to be balanced with Isaiah Pacheco. And I think he'll play a very important role in this game. So I rate my top 10 players. Four of them are Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith. Six are Chiefs, Mahomes, Kelsey, Jones, Chris Jones, Trent McDuffie, Rice, Pacheco. Guys on the fringe for the Ravens uh, were people like Zay Flowers, um, you know, who I think is, you know, great. They also have Marlon Humphrey coming back um, from injury. And then on the Chiefs, a uh, couple guys I left out as, you know, Offensive line, Joe Tooney, um, who was first-team All-Pro, Creed Humphrey. Uh, even the Ravens left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. So great players, didn't make the cut. It's pretty even. I you know, would have had the 11th player, probably Zay Flowers, um, 
for the Ravens, it was either him or Isaiah Pacheco for that final spot. Uh, but I do think, you know, looking at the players and just the defense, the Ravens' defense has been dominant for the whole season from week one to divisional round of the playoffs. Number one in points, I know Chiefs are two. Chiefs are two in yards. Ravens are six in yards. It's only a 20-yard difference, so not, you know, huge. But I think the Ravens are well-coached. Mike, McDan- Mike McDonald, very hot commodity, has been great with his Ravens defense. Steve Spagnola showed some holes where last week they were able to get run on by Josh Allen. Uh, Lamar Jackson, more versatile runner than Josh Allen. Uh, I don't know. You know, here's the thing with the game plans. It's do you overreact to what happened last week and you, you know, put more guys in a box to stop Lamar and that allows him to torch you over the top, down the middle? Or do you play soft like you did last week and allow that running game to get going? And again, their backs, you know, their committee, I trust more than the Bills committee of running backs. So I think that's a big X factor. I also think Lamar's on a mission this year. Some people are just determined. I do think Lamar's more determined. He knows, hey, this is his year uh, to leave his mark. I think the Ravens win. I think, you know, my initial prediction was 26-20. I'm sticking at that. Uh, however, I would not be surprised at all, at all, if the uh, Ravens absolutely uh, stomp them and you know make it 34-20 or something like that and embarrass them. I could see them running up the scoreboard uh, this week. So I have a Ravens winning this game. That's my first conference championship game prediction. Right there, Chiefs-Ravens. I have the Chiefs. I mean, I have the Ravens. Now let's go to the NFC championship game. Lions-Niners. So same thing. I'm going to rank the top 10 players um, for both these teams. This one was really, really hard to do. Uh, Just so many great players. On both sides of the football. But here we go. Number one, Christian McCaffrey. I think it's undoubted MVP candidate. And I think very deserving. Uh, best running back in football. Uh, the way he's able to, you know, cuts the elusiveness. Uh, run inside, run outside. And then his ability to catch the ball as well is just sensational. He can do it all. Is a Swiss Army knife for this team. Um, is their biggest playmaker, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Panay Sewell. Best offensive lineman this year, uh, without a doubt. I think number one ranked tackle by PFF. Only allowed one sack this year, uh, which is crazy. He's just been great. And he has the tall task of going up against Nick Bosa this week, who primarily lines up on the left side of the line, which is the right tackle for the offensive line, which will be Panay Sewell. Big week this week going up against Nick Bosa. If the Lions have any chance of winning this game, Pinesul is going to have to shut down Nick Bosa and not allow him to get after Jared Goff. I think Pinesul can also be up to the task. Number three, Trent Williams. The second best tackle in football, the best left tackle in football. So you have the best right tackle in this game and the best left tackle in this game. Trent Williams for the Niners. Uh, so big for what they, he does, uh, allowing the pass, I believe, two sacks over the past two years. 
doesn't allow a ton of pressures, is great running the football. The statistics of Christian McCaffrey and this offense running on the Williams side versus the right side of the line, I think it's about two and a half, three yards a difference. So big deal running behind Trent Williams. Uh, very key, important part of this Niners team. However, I, you know, it's not to me as big of a deal, um, mainly because Aiden Hutchinson lines up the same way Nick Bosa does, which is on the opposite side of the left tackle. Uh, so it, we won't get that Aiden Hutchinson-Trent Williams matchup a ton, and I expect Aiden Hutchinson uh, to wreak havoc on the right side of the line. Number four, George Kittle. Among the top four tight ends of the NFL, again, rank him however you want, but very important to the success of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's comfort blanket, someone who gets open, and another useful benefit is blocking him. I expect George Kittle to chip Aiden Hutchinson a lot and be involved with the blocking and leaking out and making big plays in the passing game. Uh, George Kittle, I believe, has a great game. Number five, Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, didn't make the Pro Bowl absolute snub, but he did make first team all pro, 1,500 yards, you know, top three in that, targets, receptions. He was phenomenal this year and is the best wide receiver on the field for this game, undoubtedly. Uh, Dyed the blue hair, is, you know, playing great right now, has an edge, is on a mission, and, you know, there's a stretch midseason where he had a couple drops and wasn't that same Amon Ra. Well, the sun god has really awakened during the playoffs, and he's been nothing short of spectacular for his team. He's made timely plays and catches when the Lions need him to, and he's done exactly that. Number six, Nick Bosa, Niners defensive end there. I think one of the best edge rushers in the game of football, reigning defensive player of the year. Uh, big matchup, again, going after Panay Sewell. If he's able to generate pressure, get after Goff, uh, I believe this game could get out of hand in terms of the Niners blowing them out. Uh, Nick Bosta, again, has to have a big game, has to be impactful, but again, this is one of the top matchups to watch this week. Number seven, Aiden Hutchinson, who I think is solidified himself as a top five edge rusher in the NFL. No one has more pressures than him this year. Uh, he is their only semblance of a pass rusher and is their only defensive superstar or star for that matter. Uh, got some decent players, but Aiden Hutchinson is a man. When we need a timely sack or pressure, Aiden Hutchinson is always there. He's also able to stop a run. He is the real deal and I think it's going to create some problems for the Niners offense and for Brock Purdy. Number eight, wild card one here, because uh, I don't know if he's going to be playing, but if he does, big name here, that's Debo Samuel. Uh, hurting, but even if I think Debo 50% is scarier than a lot of players at 100% in this league, the way they line him up, maybe if he's injured, won't line up a lot at running back, running wide zones or things like that. But I think Debo Samuel, just as a decoy, uh, can be, you know, set up plays for other guys. And then if Debo again, even acts as a decoy and is in the right position, can make plays against the not, uh, against the Lions secondary. Debo Samuel, great player, Swiss Army knife, just like Christian McCaffrey, can use them a lot of different ways. Number nine, Fred Warner. Got to put him on the list who I think is the best linebacker in football. Uh, 
just great coverage-wise, instinct-wise. The play caller, leader of his defense, uh, gets the guys fired up uh, timely in the right spots, is able to, you know, if in coverage, uh, play tight enough to where the quarterback has to make a great throw or often just throws it down in the area because Fred Warner is there, great linebacker. Then 10, Frank Ragnow, center for the Detroit Lions, who I think is the best center in football if Jason Kelsey does officially retire. Frank Ragnow is the guy, uh, I think ranked number one by PFF. Center-wise, you know, I think he had an elbow sprain or a knee sprain or ankles. He had like a couple sprains, uh, slight tears, and he went back out there and absolutely was phenomenal. Uh, he's just willing himself, determination, grit. Frank Ragnow embodies that. So I got to give uh, love to Frank Ragnow. Again, that's my top 10. Uh, one person, I, two people I really want to put on, they would have been 11 and 12, uh, would have been Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. So I had four lines, players and Panay Sewell, St. Brown, Hutch, uh, and Ragnow. And then I had six uh, Niner players, McCaffrey, uh, Trent Williams, Kittle, uh, Bosa, Debo, and Fred Warner. So there you go. I think these two teams are very evenly matched me closer. I think the 7.75, where it is at some places, for the 49ers is a bit disrespectful. Uh, Lions are covering this game. I think the rosters are very well matched. If you notice one thing in my top 10 list that differed, from the Chiefs-Ravens list, is Chiefs-Ravens the top two most important players and best players, frankly, or the two quarterbacks. For this Lions-Niners game, two quarterbacks weren't even on the list because they have such great weapons and talent around them. Not that the Chiefs and Ravens don't, but the quarterbacks are the megastars. For Lions and Niners, that just isn't the case. I do think Jared Goff, though, is better than Brock Purdy. Jared Goff would have been in the top 15, Brock Purdy would have been outside of that. So I think they have the edge there. Jared Goff with the experience of playing in these games and these playoff games as well is big. Uh, Also familiarity there with the Niners. I know there's a stat that pointed out he's 0-5 in his last uh, five games against the Niners. Only one of those was with Detroit. That was the first year when they went 0-13-1, and I believe it was the first game of the season. And he still put up 33 points. You know, they lost 41-33, but put up 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, only had one pick. So he played good. And then the rest of those were with the Rams. Again, Sean McVay has not fared well against Kyle Shanahan. So can you put a lot of that on Jared Goff? Uh, Then another uh, storyline here, I think, is coaching matchup. So you have Kyle Shanahan scripted by the book, uh, firm in his play-calling and, you know, what he does on the offensive side of the ball. Then you have kind of the anti-Kyle Shanahan in, uh, I can't think of my coach's name, Dan Campbell, uh, who is based on emotion, feeling, analytics, momentum, going for it, uh, a different style of coaching, you know, a true player's coach, motivator, where Kyle Shanahan is that, you know, scheme or logistical uh, kind of guy. So, you know, as much as I think how great the Kyle Shanahan scheme is and how much it works for him, could this be the game where the scheme backfires, where second half, the game's close, uh, 
you know, not great at adjustments in the second half with quarterback, whatever the case may be, whereas Dan Campbell will go for it, have that emotion to kind of deflate your team. I think it's going to be close. You know, I had the Niners winning initially. I have on my notes right here, Lions winning. I mean, Niners winning. I had Niners winning. I had this matchup in my preseason prediction. I had Niners winning. Didn't think the Lions would be playing this good where I would be thinking about it. And I didn't think the Niners would have question marks with the Brock Purdy. Is he the guy? Again, yesterday I talked about it. I don't think he is. Uh, Debo Samuel hurting as well will not be at 100% if he does play. With that being said, and I want to say this right now. I don't believe in destiny, pre-written, anything like that. You know, things happen for a reason. Choices, you know, affect your outcomes and all that consequences. Don't believe in destiny at all. Uh, that mumbo-jumbo. But the Lions, to me, feel if, you know, it'll feel like a team of destiny where they are just on this mission, and at least in the NFC, no one's stopping them. You'll see Dan Campbell uh, get emotional and get ready and get in tips from Bill Parcells, taking all this in, and, you know, a lot is made of history and the Lions and their history in NFC Championship games, playoff games, road playoff games, 0-11. But Dan Campbell isn't concerned with any of that. And this whole Lions team isn't a part of it either. Where, again, a lot of these players aren't part of it because they've never played in the playoffs. Or if they did, it was only like two stints with Matthew Stafford. So it's not a, you know, it's not this group of guys that, you know, caused this to be a part of the story. And Detroit, I think, is going to win this game. They are going to win. They're definitely going to cover, but I like them to win. Can't believe I'm saying that, but I might see my Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. Uh, again, like to be objective. Don't like to give out homer stuff or anything like that, but uh, at least if you don't want to pick Lions outright, definitely pick them to cover. Uh, be dumb to pick the Niners outright in a game like this where they're not hands down the better team. I know Vegas is assuming they are, uh, but Lions covering Smartest play, I think, not only this weekend, but the whole playoffs. Yeah, Lions covering. I had Lions covering last week against the Bucks. Uh, Lions outright the week before. Lions covering this week. Lions have come through for me. They'll come through for you, too. And, of course, we have to talk about this. That is the matchup everybody wants. So there's a couple of conspiracy theories I just want to touch on. The first one is the color of the Super Bowl logo. So if you look at it the past few years... Uh, the colors of the logo have been the two teams. It's been like the you know Chiefs, uh, Eagles last year. It was the you know reddish yellow color with the with the teal green. Year before was the orange for the Bengals and the blue with the um, uh, Rams. This year it's kind of a uh, purple for the Ravens and then the red um, for the Niners. So a lot of people speculating that. However, I don't think it's going to happen. And then, of course, you have America rooting for the Niners. Uh, I'm My bad. Rooting for the Ravens. Not a lot of people want to see Taylor Swift, Jackson Mahomes, and Brittany Mahomes uh, at the Super Bowl again. 
And then the Niners, a lot of people don't want to see 30 Purdy checkdowns. So America's matchup people want to see is Lions-Ravens. We'll see if that happens. Uh, again, the favorites are Ravens-Niners. I do think the Ravens win, have the ability to cover. Um, and I think the Lions definitely cover. I think the Lions win. Uh, that might just be a touch bias speaking there. Uh, but I would not be disappointed if the Lions lose this game, considering how great of a year they had. Definitely think the Lions are capable of winning. And I even think the Chiefs are capable of winning with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. It's going to be two fantastic games this weekend, NFC Championship, AFC Championship. Hope everyone has a great weekend, enjoys the weekend of football. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody.